0: I talk about the Almond router and now smart home device with Securify CEO Ram Malasani on this episode of the Smart Home Show. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest is Ram Malasani, the CEO of Securify, who makes the Almond router. And the Almond Plus router, they just announced a new one. We'll talk about that. Now, when you think about home routers, you think, well, they all kind of look the same. You can go to Best Buy, you can go shopping on Amazon. And whether it's Linksys or Netgear or D-Link or, or Belkin or one of these other guys, you know, you're know, you buying or large kind of expecting a fairly commoditized piece of hardware that looks and acts and performs the same. And if you've gotten and used one and, and, and typed in and gotten into the user interface, that's embedded on these routers, they're oftentimes almost always clunky. Every router I've had, the software is pretty clunky. Um, it's not super user-friendly. And by and large, routers just sometimes, while they can operate and do well for long stretches of time, they can kind of be pains in the butt sometimes. We have to reboot them, et cetera. Now you have a new entrant like Securify coming into a market that everyone pretty much said was done, uh, where the, the song has been sung, the, the story's been written, and they say, well, we're going to do something different. We're going to approach this product differently. And what they did is, if you look at the secureify Almond router, it has a touchscreen. Something that we all use nowadays, touchscreens on everything. But before Almond, I would never really thought of using a touchscreen on a router and configuring it that way. But it makes tons of sense. You know, they've been around for a while, but I, I was fairly happy with my gateway router from my cable provider. Um, but I was having dead spots. So I decided to buy the Almond router to fill in a dead spot in another part of my house. And it, it's super intuitive, very friendly and quite honestly, the easiest setup and continuing continuous maintenance experience for a router I've ever had. Like it's just fairly well done. And so now that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to Ron, but the real reason is secure. If I just entered the smart home business with the new router, the Almond plus, and they've been—they did what I've been writing about for a while. That I expected it to happen. That we would see happen fairly commonly over the next few years. They've integrated home automation radios, home automation technology into the router. Something that seems so completely logical—having your smart home network integrated with your broadband network in the main same piece of hardware. Because by and large, increasingly, uh, smart home systems, smart home hubs at least are having. Wi-Fi radios, they're having Bluetooth radios, they're having Z-Wave and Zigbee. Why wouldn't you unify that all in one device? It's fairly surprising to me. So if you look at the Almond Plus, which has just started shipping on Amazon in January, just this past month, it has Zigbee and Z-Wave, and you can buy it for $199. If you want to find out more about Securify, just go to Securify.com. That's S-E-C-U-R-I-F-I.com. You can find out more about them. As always, if you want to listen to more smart home shows, you can go to technology.fm. You can also get updates on the smart home business and smart home world by going to smarthomeweekly.net. You'll find my weekly newsletter there. As always, I'm thankful for you guys listening, and I've been having great conversations with folks on Twitter as, as well via email. Keep those coming. I've also been connecting with people on LinkedIn. I also am open to that. So if, if you're listening to the show, if you're in the, the business or, or not and you just want to connect on LinkedIn, you can find me there. Once again, thanks for listening. Here's my conversation with Ram Malasani. Well, I'm really happy to have Ram Malasani, the CEO of Securify, on the Smart Home Show. How are you doing, Ram? Hey, I'm doing well. My
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I, I bumped into you at CES, and I, I, I thought at the time I really need to have Ram on the show, and not the least of which is because you, just, you guys just uh, publicly launched your product uh, beyond your initial Kickstarter backers, the Almond Plus, which, uh, which has the automation component. Uh, but you guys have also been doing very well with your existing home router, the touchscreen router, which I just bought, by the way. I, I, I couldn't wait to longer because I needed some good Wi-Fi. So you guys, I bought your, your router two weeks ago. I'm happy to say uh, it's been a nice addition to the f- to the family here <laughs> from a, a technology perspective.
1: I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. <laughs>
0: yes. I'll become one of your 7,000 reviews on Amazon, which is a ridiculous <laughs> amount of reviews on Amazon. And that's like a testament to how well you guys are doing. You have a ridiculous amount of reviews. And you guys have been out on the market for a couple of years and you took this product, a category, which I think has been largely kind of ceded to Belkin and Linksys and the dealings of the world. You know, people kind of gave up on it because it was really commoditized. But you said, you know, there's a way to do it better. Um, and you, you put a touchscreen on it, which at the, when I first saw it, I thought, you know, why would you need a touchscreen on a, a router? But, um as I thought about it more, it made a lot of sense. And now that I have one, it makes even more sense. Um, so talk a little bit about that process. I, I do want to get into the home automation stuff a little bit later, but talk about the original product and how you thought you maybe can reinvent the router a little bit.
1: Well, uh, you know, just like how you felt uh, when you first saw it, that uh, why do you need a touchscreen? That tends to be the reactions from a lot of people. And the moment they use it, they realize, wow, this is really useful. Um, although, You don't really mess with routers beyond the initial setup. Uh, just the setup process tends to be somewhat of a mixed bag with most consumer routers, even though routers have been around for 10 plus years. And especially when things, bad things happen, let's say you forgot your password or you forgot the admin password, which is what happened to me. And that's how, uh, I came up with this. You know, I thought, why not have a screen on the router and because screens were getting cheap so that was the whole origin of you know why i came up with this idea and why we had the touchscreen router and i guess uh, the uh, customers loved it and uh, they made it a really popular product on amazon
0: when you think about it it's like i'm a nerd like i get into my um I, I i actually i'll plug in the the ip address to actually get into the admin panel on my router which maybe not a lot of people do but but, you know, you want other members of the family to have access to passwords. And I just, you know, I showed my wife who, who doesn't like to get in the nitty gritties and roll her, her arms up on the stuff that you, she, she can actually get the password on the touch screen, which uh, to her was like a revelation. Like, hey, I don't have to like ask Mike every time or, or whatever. Right. So it's like and just simple touch screen um, kind of diagnostics and, and stuff to kind of tweak things. It just makes it a lot more sense instead of forcing people to log into an admin panel, which is always usually pretty clunky.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you say, I'm I'm a geek and I go into the admin panel. But, you know, if you think about it, when you're setting up a router, whether or not you're a geek, you're forced to go into the admin panel, (laughs) whether or not you like it, Uh, except for our router. I know, you know, some of these companies used to have a CD-based setup. I think that was somewhat popular for a couple of years. But if you look at uh, a lot of new laptops whether they're chromebooks or uh, net uh, netbooks or even ultrabooks uh, th- there are no cd drives anymore and um for some people they probably don't even have laptops uh, at home cuz tablets are good enough for a lot of people so i i think uh, uh that's that's the other area where the touchscreen is really helpful when you don't have any pcs
0: yeah, so I think it's a really smart idea. I'm, I'm. I was always kind of surprised as I've thought about you guys over the past couple of years. Why haven't we see Belkin or D-Link or or, or Winx is copied? And I don't know if you guys filed some patents on that because it seems like a logical extension. Maybe these guys have talked to you, say, "Hey, let's buy you" or whatever. But why haven't that big guys copied you?
1: Uh, I think two two reasons. Uh, one, we filed multiple patents. Uh, number one. Number two. Uh, the way we implemented it was very efficient. Uh, we made the display and touch run without adding a lot of, without adding pretty much any extra silicon. And that's a big uh, technology challenge as well. Uh, that's why we're able to sell it at, you know, below $100, which uh, most people were surprised when we first announced that price because, you know, that's a really good price for something that has a touchscreen screen. Uh, and it's a it's a good responsive touchscreen, although it's a resistive touchscreen. So I think there is some technology there that we've optimized, and we continue to optimize and uh, in our new products.
0: I wrote about you guys in I just did a CES wrap up, and one of the things I wrote about was you you guys entering the smarter market, and you guys have technically entered it a while ago because you had your Kickstarter in March. Uh, I think you had your, uh, you, you kind of had a coming out party last CES, but you really are launching the product I think at, at this last CES. So it was really, to me, uh, kind of the first uh, unveiling of the real production hardware, where you had a router with integrated home automation. And and what we mean by home, home automation is you you guys have a Zigbee and Z Wave in there, and and you also had another product we could, which we talk about, which is uh, is the Almond 2015, which is I think just Zigbee, correct? That is correct, Mike. So you guys represented a trend that I've been talking about for a while: is this idea that home automation, which you know could just be the radios, the the, the ability to communicate with home automation networks, will go into other devices. Because I always, I felt like the hubs are going to be around for a while, but um, you don't necessarily need a hub if this te- technology can go into other devices. And so I've been also surprised why these big guys haven't done what you've done. The fact that you're actually doing this. Uh, so you you guys are shipping out the router. It has ZigBee and Z-Wave. Talk about, uh, I guess, the idea, how you came up with it, Uh, maybe a little bit about the Kickstarter and and now that you're shipping, kind of any
1: early returns. Uh, The idea was we thought it was a very obvious thing. Uh, I think uh, it's probably even more obvious than having a touchscreen on the router to have home automation radios built into the router radios like ZigBee or Z-Wave because route you need two things for a home automation hub at home. One is it has to be always connected to the internet, whether or not you're at home. Um, two, I guess it has uh, power and uh, a router satisfies both these conditions, you know, and uh, there's no need for another box. Uh, so, we, in fact, I would say we gave away the secret when we launched the Kickstarter campaign, right? and we've had our delays um, but uh, i'm i'm surprised the others haven't uh, uh, done it yet i think partly the reason again is uh, we re- we learned there are quite a few technical challenges to get such a complicated product out it is very similar to a smartphone uh, if you think about it what what uh, smartphones did uh, after the iphone uh, you know before the iphone the phone was more or less just used for calls and SMS. And um, after the iPhone, you have all these crazy sensors, you know, accelerometers and GPS. And uh, so we think of it very similarly. We think a router uh, is where all the intelligence should be in the hub. Of course, you will still need point devices, but a router should coordinate uh, everything. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of our competitors start copying us uh, moving forward. I mean, I think that the
0: the cable, like the Motorola's, the world, all these guys saw that you wanted to consolidate some of the like video delivery intelligence into the router. You started to see tuners move in, but I think this it's been a harder thing to try and consolidate cable television into the router because it's 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 a much bigger proposition. But to put home automation into that just seems simpler because it's you know it's very basic, low cost radios. Obviously, there's some software intelligence that needs to be consolidated into that as well. But, yeah, it it just seems like a logical thing. And I think the router makes, of all the devices in the house, that may make the most sense to ultimately migrate it there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's rumor that Apple TV is going to be the hub for HomeKit. Uh, That's uh, also an interesting strategy, but uh, router just makes so much more sense. Uh, There are some features I can't really talk too much about, but... um, if you think about it router knows everything that's going on in your network so um, so there's there's some benefits uh, of of knowing that kind of information uh, when you when you're running um, a hub well talk about the
0: software side because it's you know when you talk about smart home and home automation radios are a big part of it but there are some you know software frameworks that need to be put in and over time this is this is a fast evolving market right i just had a conversation with the one of the folks from the open the oic which is creating a standard for uh home automation or smart home uh there's obviously the all the joins of the world so are you guys uh creating a, a device that can move with the times as the software frameworks come
1: out and you can you integrate that technology yeah that's the other thing if you go look at um uh, some of the comments on our forums or even uh, even the almond plus on Amazon as we noticed some of the Kickstarter backers already talk about it they just love the fact that we keep on updating the software constantly uh, so we've uh, when we first shipped to the Kickstarter backers um, in I guess last year August uh, we didn't have automation we didn't have a lot of pieces and uh, that were in production-ready shape, but now uh, the latest software has uh, all of this covered. And we expect in the future uh, if there are uh, other, uh, we'll be able to add more capabilities. Uh, uh, one, for example, is you know adding support for other IP-based devices um, like, such as the Nest and Hue. Uh, by the way, both of them are working in our lab. I think Hue... Support has already been released to the public, and Nest will be released soon. Um, so that's one piece of it. Uh, we'll keep the software will keep, will keep evolving. Um, it's it's going to be a, a platform that we will support for a long time. It's not something you know you buy. And a lot of router companies, by the way, that's the other thing with routers, because uh, they make so many different routers every year. If you look at the big guys like Linksys, Netgear, Dealing, link they they don't bother supporting a product that's one year old. And to give you an example, almonds, about three year old product now, we still release firmware upgrades when we make improvements. And so that's one piece of it. The second piece, maybe, maybe this is your actual question about the all joints of the world. Um, is that your question? Yeah.
0: Well, it was really just a general question about what the software evolution is going to be, and I mean, it's and you guys do continuously upgrade the firmware. Um, it sounds like to add new features. Um, so I think that's part of the 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 answer. But also, it sounds like, and maybe you're getting this is, are you going to upgrade to to move along as these new kind of either standard based software frameworks or, or even kind of closed ecosystem software frameworks like the the nest works with nest of the world. Which I, how, that's how I categorize that. As you guys integrate with those,
1: okay. Uh, so, as far as integration, we have taken a very open approach, and um, so by open, you know, everyone talks says they're open. So, I think I should uh, uh, qualify what I mean by open. Uh, so, number one, you don't need our cloud service to use automation or control. You can do. Uh, you won't be able to use our mobile apps if you don't use our cloud service. But everything can be done locally, and I think um, you remember how uh, all the people were upset when uh, Revolve uh, got sold to yeah. Google or Nest because that was they couldn't uh, control it locally, and you know I think they they were given six months uh, um, <clears throat> or something like that. So that's one thing. So it's even more open than... Uh, SmartThings is generally known to be a very open platform uh, In among all the DIY products. I would argue that we are even more open uh, than that. Um, you, you can use it uh, even when our cloud is down. Uh, number two, automation runs on the... Uh, logic runs on the device itself. So if there are any problems with the Internet connection, you still have your automation and you still have full control of your all your devices. And uh, would you with a
0: with the cloud down and yeah. using your app, uh, yeah. could could I do Wi-Fi based access to the, the logic on the router to run automation? Absolutely. So
1: the app you, sorry, you cannot do it with the app, but you can do it through a browser. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's something we are we're looking at. I can't make any commitments on it, but it is something we have thought about where we automatically detect uh, if your phone is on the local network. And even if you are using the native app, we route the traffic locally instead of going all the way back. That's to the something cloud. you're working on. That That's like- something we are evaluating. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, I don't have any firm... Uh, dates or uh, plans on that but it's something we are very actively va- evaluating because this is one thing that a lot of our customers love uh, there is there are a fair number of people who are concerned about purely cloud-based uh, automation platforms and if you look at most of the new newer uh, platforms that have come out including ourselves in the past two three years uh, I would say almost all of them are cloud-based you don't have any local control
0: whatsoever. And that becomes an issue when you start talking about the internet being cut off or, or you know, power outages or whatever. So I think it's interesting that you're exploring that. And I would imagine that would be a feature that a lot of people would want is having you know, Wi-Fi-based access through the native app to the automation piece. So yeah. that's something you're exploring. No firm dates yet.
1: Yeah. So for the control of, uh, through the local Wi-Fi for the app, no firm dates yet but you can open the local browser web ui you know your good old dot whatever <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, you can control that anytime locally using any device that has a browser so that's 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 the other thing we have it's just mind boggling number of interfaces if you think about how you can control the sensors connected to the armand plus you can use the ios app android app we have a web browser interface that uh, works through our cloud service and besides these three that work through the cloud service, we have the local browser interface and we also, of course, have the LCD interface. And uh we plan on releasing some information on how do you SSH into the box and do something on your own if you're into that kind of a thing. You know, I know there are some installers out there who love stuff, who do stuff like that, right? Uh, so... It's very powerful uh and very versatile in terms of the number of ways you can control talk about the the
0: almond as a hub you know acting as a hub i mean every other hub that i've you know is out there has tried to f- create and water and feed um an ecosystem around what they are trying to build as a platform right so if you have uh, smart things, they have like developers developing to the smart things side of things. Um, you know, clearly on the, the, the Vera side and the Instaon side, same goes for the kind of those guys. Um, are you guys seeing yourself as that? Or are you just seeing as your router as one with the extra radios in it? And you could just bridge to standard space Z wave or Zigbee devices you're not gonna like try and facilitate like uh third party developers to, to kind of to build around what you guys have here here you're not going to open up APIs to do extra funky
1: things or are you we we will open up APIs uh maybe not necessarily on the cloud uh but even just locally itself so i would argue it's even easier uh, to uh, control one so that's something uh that's why i said we're going to release um an ability to do that locally so you can ssh into the device and okay, uh, you, you can do certain things uh, without uh, having to go through the cloud so yeah.
0: so do you see yourselves as like kind of a uh, competing with these i mean in a way you are but um but, but i'm still not necessarily hearing like the, the grand visions of trying to be like um this this hub that companies build around necessarily um, you' you're just getting an integrated device that handles both uh, you know uh, the the router piece as well as the home automation piece
1: yeah uh, so although you know there is a lot of talk about the developer uh doing uh, interesting stuff i can't i cannot name a single uh really breakout developer achievement if you look at all of these smart home platforms can you
0: no, hey, real quickly, Ram. I don't know if you covered up the mouthpiece, but it's just sounding a little muffled right now. Oh, sorry. That's, be, that's better. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, so uh, I was saying there is, you know, a lot of uh, activity and talk about the developers uh, supporting some of these platforms, but I I cannot name a single uh, sort of breakout developer success uh, with any of the platforms out there. I know Nest is doing a lot of work. Smart Things is doing a lot of work, but just looks like most of that is done by themselves.
0: Yeah, I think i um, I mean, I think what we'll probably see the first one with massive momentum, if 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 it is indeed a massive, is probably home. What Apple is doing with HomeKit. I mean, because just they bring them, they just bring a million developers to the table instantly. Right. So um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I think Google's trying to get there with works with Nest, but I think, um, and 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 of, of all the things that are publicly out there already, I think they're the closest.
1: You are exactly right Mike. I think that's 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 what I'm trying to say. That's why I I'm not telling you hey we are a great big platform because uh, except HomeKit I think which is going to have a huge ecosystem both on the hardware as well as software. I just see that coming. No doubt about it. And I think in the high end uh clearly you
0: know the 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 crestrons of the world and and those guys have um third parties building and integrating with their systems and you have like a, a, an installer channel where, you know, where there's developers and the system integrator side, I think is a different story there. Um, Cause I think people do a lot of custom software that, that has worked really well. I uh, just on the mass
1: market DIY side, you haven't seen a huge breakout hit yet. Yeah, that's, that's, I totally agree. So we are going to make it open. Uh, we don't know. We haven't talked a lot about the developer side of things, but uh, it's going to be open enough that uh, some of these, um, folks who are who've been doing installations for years they'll find this to be very flexible and powerful and they don't have to take our permission to do anything that's the beauty of having local control over this stuff right Um, if you want to work with nest for example you have to get the api key from the nest and and then that's how you talk to the nest so it's even if the nest is in the same house as your router or, or so when you send a command to the Nest uh, through our app or through anyone else's app, it goes through the Nest cloud and goes back to the Nest thermostat. I believe it's the same thing with smart things. Uh, so uh, I think uh, the way we are opening it up, it's uh, I, I would argue it's better because it's lower latency. You can just send commands locally and uh, we'll see how that works out. So I, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Talk about the Almond 2015. So, you know the two new routers you guys are coming out with are the Almond Plus, which is, you know, you did the Kickstarter for back in uh, I think it was 2013. uh, You raised almost a million dollars, and that so that's been well known. You guys are coming out with that. The Almond 2015 is a little bit newer to me, and it's it's an upgrade to your existing router, but you're throwing in some Zigbee, and it made it kind of makes sense to me, but it, like, I'm also trying to wonder why you chose Zigbee. I know it's, I think part of the reason, maybe it's Zigbee's cheaper at the chip level than Z-Wave and you want that add some, well, but you're, you're but you're making consumers make a choice there to go with the Zigbee only network if they buy that.
1: Yeah. So that's, we intend that as an upgrade, uh, not even an upgrade as a replacement, uh, from the almond. So it will be priced very similar to the almond, okay. uh, $99 or so. So, uh, So it's a really great price, and it's not, you know, if someone wants to jump deep into the home automation uh, area, they probably won't pick that. But if they just are testing waters and, you know, just want to play with a few things uh, first, I think it's a great start. Uh, So, and the other thing we... We expect people who are just looking for a router or a range extender are going to purchase that and then realize, oh, they, I can also do all this stuff. Because if you look at home automation penetration in the U.S., uh, it is still quite low. I, I believe it's below 10%. Um, and if you look at the rest of the world, it's even lower, probably below
0: 1%. It could be an, an incidental or an accidental, like, uh, entry point into home automation for folks. At some point, if they you make them know... That they can do a Philips Hue light bulb with this thing, where and they were never thinking about that before. Um, that might be interesting because I would imagine if it's a replacement for what we have now, they'll, they'll buy it. Their first, their first thought isn't home automation, but it might be one of these things like, "Hey, it's an interesting feature. Let me try it out."
1: Exactly. So it is a Trojan horse uh, in that sense <laughs> <laughs> so because um, it's. A, I'll, I'll give you an analogy for this I feel... When you purchased a smartphone, you know you didn't specifically purchase the accelerometer. But after you buy the phone, you'll probably buy some games that make use of the accelerometer and play with them,
0: right? Uh, well, I bought my I bought my accelerometer first, and then I just added a phone later. Yes, <laughs> uh, I might be I might be an outlier, but <laughs> you you definitely are.
1: I think you are the first one. No, I think that's a good analogy, I though. I think that makes yeah. sense.
0: You you just have all these features that are unearthed over time in things like phones, just because they're packed with capabilities. Um, Home automation could be a feature that's unearthed over time with the, with your new router is what you're saying. Yeah. And are you going to keep the existing almond kind of your, your, your legacy one, your classic one at a lower price point, or or is that going to be end of life and you're going to do the newer router with the Zigbee as the replacement?
1: That's a really good question. That's something we debate about a lot internally. Our goal is to bring the price of the newer one, uh, low enough that, uh, it completely replaces the original almond.
0: Yeah. You could go good, better, best. Now you just, now you'll just have better, best. And right. you won't have good if you, you replace the old one.
1: <laughs> yeah. that That is true. Uh, I'm not a big fan of having a lot of, uh, a lot of different, uh, product skews though. I and do, and I think that's one okay. thing
0: you guys have done right. I mean, or if you go back to the old Linksys days, they had their original Linky, um, you know, their original router, and it, there wasn't confusion. I think when they went into the hands of Cisco, it became a little bit confusing over time because there's a lot of SKUs, and certainly D-Link and Bell- and Netgear have crazy amounts of SKUs. Uh, they historically have. So I like this idea. It's more Apple-like, obviously. We, I mean, it's a cliche now to say that, but, I mean, just having one choice and uh, it just makes it easier on the consumer
1: yeah I you know I never figured out uh, why they have a router at $39 till $199 in steps of 10 you know <laughs> well and you're and listen I wrote a book on home networking like I, yeah. I I literally did
0: and I go to the store and I see 10 SKUs and I don't know why this one is 79 one this this one's 69 yeah and the one that one at one twenty nine doesn't seem as good as the one at seventy nine. It's just like and like Best Buy is a mess. There's like too many things. So uh, yeah, I think it's it makes sense. It, it makes it easier for the consumer. Yeah. And so, talk about your guys' retail distribution strategy or your distribution strategy. I mean, I think you're doing a massive amount of volume through Amazon, but it, it seems like this would be a nice device uh, to be at retail. So where are you now, or where are you going to be?
1: so we are mostly online now uh, so we are uh, other than amazon we are also on uh, new egg and walmart and uh, a few other dot coms and uh, we are in talks with some of the brick and mortar guys and we hope to be in some stores uh, i think q2 q3 of this year so it is a longer process and uh, so but uh, we are very hopeful that uh, we'll enter brick and mortar uh, in 2015
0: Tell us a little bit about the company um, Securify. I mean you're the CEO were you the rich I mean this is your baby what did you do before it and how many people are working for the company now?
1: So we have about 50 uh, five people now uh, so it's a and most of most of it most of our team is based in Taiwan and India uh, but we are planning to open an office in the us and uh, before Securify, I was still in the Wi-Fi area. I did a company called Ubiquity, and then a company called DB. And uh, so I've been in the Wi-Fi industry for a long time now, more than ten years now. I-, I
0: remember Ubiquity. I didn't know you. That was your your previous company.
1: Yeah, I was a co-founder at Ubiquity.
0: All right, and so you came up with the idea for SecureFi, and, and you've reached fifteen employees. What's wh- what do you see? Uh, where do you see yourself going? You know, five years from now, is it, are you guys going to have multiple product lines? Um, do you see it growing into other areas?
1: We uh, uh, we think Wi-Fi still has a lot of growth, and with home automation, we think we have a really unique uh, story in the uh, consumer router business. So we we just see a lot of opportunity in this area.
0: So you're focused, and that's where you're going to be for a bit.
1: Yeah. Sounds good to me.
0: Hey, Ron, thanks for taking time. Uh, It was good to meet you at CS. I think you're still in the U.S., so I caught you before you went back. But uh, uh, thanks for spending time, and and hopefully you have a good 2015.
1: Yeah, Mike, uh, thanks a lot for uh, having me on the show, and uh, I think you have a great uh, series, and uh, thanks again.
0: Well, that's said, I hope you learned a little bit about the Almond Plus, the Almond, a little bit about Securify and Rom's story. Again, you can find out more about them at Securify.com. As always, you can find more Smart Home shows at technology.fm. You can also find us on the usual podcast spaces, such as iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned for future Smart Home shows. I should have a Smart Home Weekly Update podcast with all the news in the Smart Home world coming out in the next couple of days. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and we'll talk to you soon.